I literally feel horrible about it. The Thank only you for one being that ever sweet. showed up on time and showed up early was Stacey Anderson. <laughs> Stacey Anderson called like the Pac-20 of the podcast before because she showed up so promptly. Did I can't deal with this. I y'all gotta let me do a redemption come. Like even don't even let me on the podcast, but just be like, of course we're gonna start at seven thirty and and and, 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 <laughs> and I promise you. Just y'all to be in the background. Just to be in the background, just to be like <laughs> Well, like eventually we're gonna have Kenji on here. So if you want to just come and co-opt his episode too, I you're will, more than welcome. I yeah, just hijack. To, I have that. to redeem myself. That was fucked up. Because I know Will said he didn't get to talk to you. Well, shit, he might make the back after I this and get to talk to you. Like Will might be here in thirty I minutes. Or literally, I know. Well, that's how late I was. Oh fuck! I was looking at a fucking movie and shit. <laughs> I it's was like, on the couch looking like. Did I have a, anything to do tonight? I, know, like, I was like, oh, it's so, it feels so freeing. And I was like, <laughs> and you were like, I was on the couch looking like a bag of what the fuck, okay? Looking like a bag of bitch, you ain't got nothing to do, bitch. And then I did. I had something to do. Okay, that's Welcome to episode whatever the fuck we're on of the Very Green Room podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I heard me call episode twenty-one. Episode it's more than 19. twenty. It's more than twenty. It's fine. That's dope. I listened to me misnumber the episode we were on that we released today by like three episodes. So I'm not even I just saying uploaded, numbers anymore. I just uploaded the one from last week today, and I can't even tell you what number it is. It's like twenty-six. I, I don't even know. Twenty-five, twenty-six. You know what? We're getting up there. I'm uh, gonna but. speak it into existence that y'all run out of numbers, which is never will happen. But y'all just end up calling it some type of funny name. Whatever sticks out in the episode. Yeah. This one could be called Late as Fuck. Late as fuck. Like, we've talked about having episode names. It's something I think we probably should do later on. Right now, we're just doing mostly people interviews. But when people start cycling back through, maybe subtitling episodes, doing a little writing for it. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably not going to no, happen. Yeah. Not, we're not a high don't effort output that. podcast. Don't say that. Like effort, Call effort. it the bitches bag when the I come back. Bag. You would be the first returning guy. We haven't repeated anybody yet. Which That's I'm proud what's up. Of. We want to. Some people have been great. Like, yeah, some people have been like, and most of the time I'm on, I'm in the background just producing, so I'm not even on the show. But sometimes like the conversations have been so good and so interesting that you just don't want them to end. But you're like, like the, the, what was the last episode I set it on was with uh, uh, Chris and Tommy. Yeah, we did Chris and Tommy at the seven thirty slot. That's it was two up. parts, and we ended up talking for like three hours. We ended up like three and a half hours deep because our guests on the second part canceled, and we're like, "Well, we're here. Yeah, we might as well just keep it rolling." Yeah, and then we got distracted and kept forgetting to end the episode. So the extended yeah. cut of episode <laughs> eighteen is like two forty five. I that's feel what's like <laughs> I get I got that with Jonathan and Albert on their podcast. I just had such uh, a good time talking news. with them. Boozing News, yeah. Shout out Boozing News Thank and you. Fleissner. And, uh, and then uh, Whiskey Brothers be making you do home, homework. Yeah, yeah you got to write like, like, Bitch, where are your prompts? You be like, oh, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Slade is pretty dope, though. He don't ever fuck you over with that. But it's still kind of like, you be like, my armpits were sweating. I was like, what the fuck? Am I ready? Bro, that's an intimidating group. It is. Like Wait. they are Trey. Yeah. And then fucking uh, what's his name? Country boy. What's uh fucking uh? I'm Jerry Wayne. Jerry Wayne. Jerry Wayne. Yeah. Jerry Wayne. You can't say that. You name can't say just one name. Twice. No, it's, it's Jerry Wayne. Wayne. Jerry Wayne Longmire. And then uh, yeah, Longmire. And need, then you need all three pieces. He Jerry needed. Wayne he needed. <laughs> and I loved every minute, but I was intimidated. I'm not gonna lie. Jerry so, Wayne got a name that sounds like a situation. You know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Jerry Wayne, I'm gonna tell you something right now. Good. 
<laughs> Speaking of telling people something, tell the listeners who you are. Oh, um, I'm our sorry. Our guest this week is Corliss DeLorean, Houston oh, comic hello. extraordinaire. Hi. Uh, uh, fresh off, uh, fresh off of a lose. Ah, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, we all took that L. Well, we all took that L at various stages of the contest, so uh, don't feel bad. Laugh Town can only be won by one person, <laughs> and you know, Stacy, a fool with it. Oh, yeah, Stacy has always been like a a beast on the stage. So I wouldn't want, I wouldn't have wanted to lose to anybody else but her or Dan Hornstein. They were, yeah. they had a great night that day. So. Shout out Enrique too, like Enrique. Oh, Enrique, yes, Enrique be my ass too. I'm sorry, I forgot. To when mention. Enrique in nah. the semifinals, when he got halfway, because it's like it was only eight minutes. We're four minutes in, and Enrique, Enrique pulled out a towel. I was like, man, get this guy. Off the stage. Yeah, <laughs> like he pulled out a towel. Enrique always goes so hard. He goes so hard, harder. He's just pouring okay. sweat four minutes in. I can't, man. I wear hoodies on stage. If yeah. I tried to go that hard, I'd sweat myself to death. <laughs> <laughs> it's already unpleasant enough on me, and I'm just standing there. I, I, I I'm like, hydrate, talking. Ben. Hydrate. <laughs> I, I, I never remember to take water on stage. It's because I get, like, I have one hand with my phone recording, and the other hand, I know I'm going to have to shake somebody's hand, so I don't know where y'all carry, like, the water and shit, so I yeah. never... <laughs> Take. Well, can I say something? You can say lots of things. That's why we have I, you on a podcast. I literally feel like I have to bring a drink on the stage to stop myself from talking over the laughter. I'm just kidding. Oh, but over like yeah. my over the jokes, and then I feel like with uh, people like you that I admire on stage, uh, oh, Chad, wow. you you really take your moments. I don't know. I have to, I had to teach myself how to take moments, and it's still a process for me. Like I don't. Uh, I I have to I have to I keep I keep going like a machine gun, and um and for me I feel like there was moments where I was doing really well, but I ran over the laughter and nobody catches my um my like add-ons and like tags because I'm trying to talk over them laughing. And I'm not trying to say that like I always get the laughs, but I'm just saying there's a, a art to being on there stage is. and performing and doing your joke and letting the audience absorb what you're saying and then adding that tag. And then they laugh a little bit more and then the momentum starts. They build from that. And I, I had to teach myself to stop talking. And I actually use that in my relationship now because KG yeah. is very quiet, <laughs> and uh, I would I would yell. I'd be like, and I would ask him questions, but I wouldn't even let him answer. And Kenji is very methodical. He's very thoughtful in his answers and his delivery, and he really wants to say the right thing. And so he takes a moment to do it. And I, at the beginning of our relationship, I was still talking, and I never figured out what he was going to answer. And then finally, I started being like, one time I didn't have anything to say. And then that's when he was like, um, I feel that. And then I was like, oh, he does talk. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been yakking this whole time and he hasn't been able to speak his mind. So that... I think the the way you live your life reflects in different layers of your life. And so in my stage performances, I've had to learn to stop myself. But having done enough shows with you, I love your total stream of consciousness and that it doesn't have an off switch. And if the audience misses that, like you'll, you'll learn your speed, you'll get there, 
but your stream of consciousness and that open door if, if, I wished I could have just mic'd you and while we were off on the side of the stage at the speakeasy, I wish I could have just mic'd you and pumped that into the room because your commentary at all times was the most hilarious shit I've ever heard in my life. And it's just you reacting to what's happening. Uh, I, I am that bitch. I'm not going to lie to you. Ben, Jack, oh, I, know. I will tell you right now, I've been at magic shows and been like, I believe in magic. <laughs> because... I am. I suspend my belief. Like whatever <laughs> setting you put me in, that's why I like looking at other comics perform because I'm not looking at it like another comic where I'm like he should have slowed down. No, I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm literally enjoying myself. And you as have the most. Member. You have the most enjoyable laugh to hear in a room too. Like I and I love. I always love that your laugh hits like three seconds after it the does. punch. It's so late, <laughs> guys. Don't get COVID. Nobody get COVID. It literally. I'm not even kidding. Me. I my brain. You do fog. work on a time delay. <laughs> like, it, it's like watching one of those TV shows that they run through three seconds so you don't swear on them. Like I know you're behind. Well, the rest of us are in the room, <laughs> and it's so hard because I know it's you when I'm on stage. Your laugh is. So so memorable. I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie. The the person that made me feel so much better about it was Radu, because uh, somebody came up to me and was very rude, but they were like, "You just laugh at anything," and then Radu goes, "No, she laughs at the potential of the joke." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "If I could have found words to put into place of what he was talking about, because sometimes I do laugh, and everybody else is like, that shit's not funny, but I'll laugh because I'll be like, oh, you know what he should have did? Yeah. And I'll think about it, and, <laughs> and then that's, because I enjoy being around comics, coming up with their own art, and coming up with their way of presenting it. And that, for me, I would love to, that is, I think that honestly would be my goal, to be on a television show um, or a writing for a show and be in a collaborative group and people are coming up with their own sketches and I get to observe it and like put my uh, critique into what they're, they're creating for the audience to enjoy. That would be my, I literally would melt if that was ever my, my, my end game with comedy where I'm just coming up with scenes and just trying to find funny ways to deliver it. That is... Oh, please but even God. you in your natural state, I, I love the idea of you in a sketch just being almost the straight man of the sketch where it's just you reacting to what the cra- like whatever crazy is happening. Yeah. Just because your reactions are the best. Your reactions are the best. And also, to, to your point about writing, your notes are phenomenal. And you have so many notes that I wish other comics would be more open to. That's the thing. Do y'all feel like that though? Like whenever you have like something for a, a a comic, and you're coming from a good place, but you're scared to say something because you're like, I don't want them to think I'm over here just like this fuck this shit was fucked up. This was fucked up. And I try to. I actually have been known to give notes to people that I know will receive them. So like there are times where somebody has done a joke and I knew that they were a friendly person. I've always had a good interaction with them. And I was like, you know what I thought you were going to say on this part? And I thought it was going to go like this and I thought I was going to do this. And they were like, oh, shit, I didn't even see that. Or sometimes I feel like sometimes they don't know what everybody 
was feeling when they said something yeah. and they missed it. And I was like, because I, I look at everything layman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you don't look at your audience like they're kind of slow, that's a problem. Cause well, like, it's a choice. Well, it's not necessarily a problem. Well, okay. Not well, necessarily a problem. In a, in a sense of, in, I mean in a problem in the sense of sometimes the audience is slower than you are with your joke. And what your perspective is. So, like, uh, for for instance, Robin Williams is one of my favorite examples because he was fast. Yeah. The way he thought was fast. And so sometimes I feel like the audience would miss moments with him and his perspective because of how fast his stream of conscience was with delivering it. And then I feel like the the beauty of it is that eventually we all will have an audience that will understand how fast we think yeah and or how how we think in general and we don't have to convince them or or try to show them but right now i feel like it's you kind of are finding your audience yeah so you it's, it's context like they don't know they don't really they don't know you they don't um, at all they got to catch up to what speed and what language you're speaking. Mm. And once I, I feel like that once we get over five minutes, and I was the same thing I was explaining to Ben about uh, the the video of the set that he uh, he just sent me. It's like once once you get past that five minute mark and they know what they're dealing with from that point on, if they're down, you're going to have a great set. And from that from like five minutes on, you're you're good. But that five minute introductory period of like, hey, this is how I sound. This is what I'm going to talk about. This is the speed that I, that I throw stuff at you. Like, it's that first five minutes where, and that's, like, we were just talking about the contest. The idea that you have to overcome that and you only have six minutes. Oh. It's, that's hard. It's it, like a, it's. It's the, basically like running a best of clip show of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, here are the high points of a couple of jokes that are good. Hope this gives you an idea of the flavor. You know you, what shook me? I can't even do a masturbation impression per- properly in six minutes. Yeah. Like fucking- <laughs> well, you know, that's, what, that's where I like when I go up and I do my goofy stuff and it's like, look, I got to get like one of my first things I would usually tell people is, is like, look, first, first off, I got to tell you, uh, I've never been married. I've never had kids, which is bad because it just means I dress this way willingly. Like, and so that's like, you've already established a character. You've already established how you react to your own character. And you're like, this is how I sound. And this is how I'm going to show myself. One of the best things are uh, one of the scariest things I heard as well. But the best things I heard was the uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I was a nerd and I went to a class for writing jokes and more people should. The instru- <laughs> I know. Right. But the instructor literally looked at me and said, which jo- joke do you feel like establishes your perspective immediately? And I was like, he's like, it needs to be attention grabbing. And it needs to show your personality almost instantly. He said, you have three minutes. The first joke is setting the tone. What joke do you have that does that? And I was literally like, I almost, I literally almost didn't even want to perform. I was like, I don't have, do I have a joke that tells everybody who I am as a person? And I, it, it, every time I do a set and it kind of, I'll be honest, I, I, I kind of cheat out. So a lot of people are always angry at me because they're like, of course, you always do the same jokes. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm not doing the same jokes. A number one, I literally uh, camouflage my new jokes into old jokes. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not a Ben. 
I'm not a Josh <laughs> Stokes. I'm not, you know, that person. Uh, I'm not a, uh, uh, you know, a person that's just like, I'm going to try my all new shit. And if they laugh, they laugh. Like, my ego is very... I'm the like, most fragile person you've ever met. <laughs> but you don't show it on stage, bro. You don't care. He's going to cry on the bus, it looks like you going to cry on the bus. He's going to cry on the bus. <laughs> on the way home. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I literally am not that strong. And so I, I camouflage a lot of my bad jokes that I'm starting to work on in between shit that works. And uh, honestly, I, I just... I, I, I'll be honest. I... I want to get to the point where I can dish them out really fast, but I know a lot of my stuff. I feel like I'm what I'm missing now and being in nine years of this, I need to start fleshing my jokes out because I, I now I'm starting to understand what kind of comic I am. I'm not a, I'm not the strongest writer, but what I will say is a lot of my jokes are very surface and I haven't deeply delve into them like i looked at jeff uh is gaffigan jim gaffigan jim gaffigan excuse me jim gaffigan's set that he did on netflix and he talks about a horse for like 15 minutes yeah in an hour uh segment and he literally even made fun of himself for keep mentioning the horse uh nate bergazzi uh he did the same thing where he was just talking about this one thing for like almost 10 minutes and i don't have any jokes that do that i'm the same way i I heard i don't uh, stay anywhere very very long i don't stay anywhere very long and And i think when you're when you're afforded the opportunity though i like watching you occupy a single thought space for a long time uh, I think you got to do that a little bit at the speakeasy. I did. Because uh, I was like, yeah, like like I said, like I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I told you like, oh, you're only committed to 10 minutes. Anything beyond that's bonus time. Uh, but it's like, yeah, you don't have to stop until you see the light for the second time. And I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. That I think you, crowd I think you did, was fabulous. I think you did 25 minutes. I did. Because uh, I taped it. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that space from like, 15 minutes until the end was you kind of occupying like one thought space for about 10 minutes and just writing it and and really getting to like explore all the corners of it and that was fantastic i was like i really want to see you hang out in just one thought space that's when comedy's fun when you're not on a time crunch uh you're you're hit everything's hitting Somebody screams something from the audience yeah (laughs) you kind of react to it we react differently to it like i take such joy in the precision mm. of getting all of my pieces to hit in 15 minutes exactly mm. like i hit all of the points i hit all the check mark i hit all my timing like i was i guessed right mm-hmm. i had the right amount of jokes for the right amount of time mm-hmm. like it was a composed piece for me like, and i'm the well, same way i'm very structured in my writing too and it for me uh like that's that's always the safety net and I always know I have the path I have the script uh, but it's it's a tool that I need to start working with how to like oh let me explore this space over here for a while because my heroes are my 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 number one my first my first comedy influences Bugs Bunny Lucille Ball Carol Burnett Robin Williams mm-hmm. and so it's like let's get goofy and silly and really explore this like alternative space for a long time mm-hmm, and get mm-hmm, weird mm-hmm. and me and my own uh, insecurities I don't allow myself to go there because it's like the writing and we got to stay in this pocket because my first thoughts are dark and I can't get out there on a limb because I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this audience off to me completely mm-hmm. 
I said I feel like fifteen minutes and twenty minutes, but fifteen between twenty, fifteen in, between twenty minutes is fun to me. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen oh, yeah. and twenty faves. minutes are my favorite sets. Yeah, like I have such a good time with those because really, it re- I, I get to play around with the audience a little bit, but I get to do my good shit and everybody's laughing, and then there's people screaming shit, and you're like, no, I don't like dicks, and then, you know, like it's <laughs> like you get to do st- stupid banter, and and you almost end up finding out other shit that you can tag. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You end up finding new things. I feel like when I did a executive comedy show and I was getting paid like a lot of money and they were like, oh, I need you to do 45 minutes. That's when I started to be like, "Mm, I haven't fleshed out a lot of my damn jokes. And I had to come up with a new 15 for that space just because I think that's respectful to do. You kind of have to recognize the space you're in. Yeah. And so I came up with 15 minutes for that space. And then I had like my, my set and I ended up going for like an hour, but it was like, Oh, I haven't fleshed out any of these jokes, but you got to explore. I got to explore because I got to take my time and I got to think about what I was going to say next. And then it was moments where I thought in my head, something that I said out loud and they laughed. And I was like, Oh, this is what doing a special or doing like a 30 minute, 45 minute special is like, you don't, you, you, you really don't try to have 45 one minute jokes. You, you really want to have like some substance to the jokes you've come with. Yeah. 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 And so that's where I was getting at with it. I do enjoy 15, 20 minute sets, but I also know that it's going to come a time where I need to have an hour and 30 minutes of material mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I can't be like man y'all saw about them dicks <laughs> and then and then I'm like alright that's it and then boom you know like it, it gets it but gets let me Charlie tiresome. Rose this it's like tell me about your perspective on dicks uh, <laughs> there's so many types of dicks in the world today uh, there's curved dicks there's small dicks but yeah like I, I, I really do feel like uh, that's the fun part of being a comic is uh, bringing in real life that people think that they need to hide. That's what I love. Yeah. Like, I do have this new joke about me. This is horrible. But I have a new joke that I've been My working on about blowjobs. This is horrible. Uh, yeah. It is. It's so horrible. So I'm a lazy blowjob giver. And uh, I, <laughs> that's the joke. And so basically, I'm making fun of myself for giving a lazy blowjob. But my biggest reward is when I get off the stage and I've said that joke. And someone goes, I do that too. Because that's when you know we all are, are the same type of person. Well, you did it so. So the first time I think I ever saw you was at Katie Vibes. <laughs> and uh, you pulled every woman in that room into the home team. From the moment you hit the stage, you're like, girl, like, aren't you, aren't we all like this? And it's like every yes. woman in the building was was on your team and everyone was admitting to things that no one should ever admit to. <laughs> so, this is, so this is the funny thing. And I'm not trying to act like it's a big ass difference, but it kind of is, guys. As a female comic, it's very hard to persuade the crowd that I'm allowed to be vulgar. And I say I that, that with all due. I, I say that, that with respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they want you to be a lady. So the first, yeah. So the first person that I have to persuade that I can be vulgar is the female. Because if you really think about it, when you go to a comedy show, who goes to comedy shows? Couples. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. who needs to laugh first? The woman. Because the dude can be laughing and she'll be like, what the fuck? Why are you laughing at this bitch? <laughs> but if if she starts laughing at what I'm saying, he's going to feel like he's free to laugh at the stuff I'm saying. So my first person, I take this from, this is accredited to the all the tables I've served as a waitress. But when I worked at Hooters, the first person we were supposed to win over was a female. We were supposed to make her feel that we were non-threatening and that we just wanted them to both have a good time without us trying to steal her man. Hmm. So that is the same mentality I take on when I'm doing jokes at a, at a comedy place. I'm like, I need these women to be on my side immediately. Because when she's comfortable laughing at me and she feels like I'm non-threatening, then he's going to be able to laugh at me. And then I've won the whole entire crowd. So that's the insane fir- perspective. So that's, the first that's joke so cool. I the first joke I do, I either go hoes are winning. That's one joke <laughs> that I win people over with, or I do Japanese law. And it's not that I'm like, ah, oh, I can't stand men. It's just that I know that women are like men ain't shit. They always telling us what we can and cannot look like and what we can do. And these fools got all these problems on the side, and we accept them. And I know that's winning the crowd over. Yeah, uh, and the, the crowd is the female. For me, it's fascinating how different the approaches are for everyone. Cause yeah, cause when y'all do y'all jokes, do y'all just y'all y'all don't I'll com- tell you exactly y'all don't what compartmentalize I do. it. Like yes that. and no. Okay, okay. Here's ahead. how I made an assumption. Well, here's how I approach the thing because the style I do, I accept up front. I'm not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out there to get the whole crowd. Mm. I know some people are going to be left behind. I'm going to split some tables and parties of four. <laughs> like, there's going to be some awkward car rides home. Yeah. That's fine. You didn't polarize the table. <laughs> yeah. I'm polarizing as fuck. And I'm going to be that way from minute one to minute 20. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I tried to bitch slap you in the face with a very hard joke up front. Mm. Like, my first joke is a cousin fucking joke. Mm. Because, like, once you've gotten past an incest joke into a diabetes joke into a Parkinson's joke, you can't really complain about where I go. Yeah. I've already hit on handicapped people, disabled people. Like, Everybody unless you going to yeah. hell. Nobody's, nobody's mad <laughs> about Nobody's <going> unclear <laughs> about what I'm doing. And if you like that type of comedy, you're going to like me. If you're mm. not, I'm not going to fucking win you over with a pedophile joke that's coming in two minutes. Why no. the fuck am I going to try to like persuade <laughs> no. you? Like You can just go to the bar and get another fucking drink and I'll make your husband laugh. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, He's going to buy my shit. Mm-hmm. You're going to bitch about me on Facebook. Why do I care what you think? No. Like, but you have the comedy and ability that can win whole crowds. Well, like, you can play the game that I way. I don't even know if it's that. It's more about women. Women have been brought up and conditioned to compete with each other. And so as a woman, when you walk on the stage, and this is the craziest thing I ever heard, but this is so, it, it literally per, like showed me that I was correct. I remember a girl that I was working comedy with in California got on stage, and then she got off stage, and then the guy goes, oh, man, you guys are beautiful. He was like, but I knew I could talk to you because your leg was broken. <laughs> and then I know, I, know that's a weird, I know that's a weird thing to say out loud, but it literally helped me realize, oh, that's what that is. When women get on stage, you're like, what's wrong with her? Let me find out what's wrong with her so I can feel like she's on the same level as me. It's a very 
it's weird. in a bucket type thing. It is. And I've talked to other like attractive female comics <laughs> about the problems that come with being pretty. Because it also, I've heard, distorts your feedback. Because you can have women who won't laugh at you because they think you're prettier than them. And that's completely unfair. Like, my jokes get taken on the merits of they come from a package that's not affecting anybody one way or the other. I'm as generic and white and unattractive as can be. People no. just listen for jokes. I have to disarm them. I have to, you, well, or you have to it, do extra work. Or I have to disarm myself, at least, to them. So I like to do something disparaging towards me. Or I like to do something where they feel like, oh, she's imperfect. Let me let me not give her such a hard time. She might because I know I I like glam. I do. I love big hair and I, I wear makeup and Bro, I have lashes. I saw you so fucking made up at Dukes and Humble in this outdoor <laughs> fucking show. Oh, it was so fucking hot. Cor- it's so That's goddamn hot. She's so over. I've never seen Corliss on stage not put together. And and that's just a a personal choice. I'm not trying to do that for any type of effect. I just I've, I've I grew up in pageants, and my mom was a pageant winner, and 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 and, and makeup relaxes me, but it has nothing to do with what I want to convey on the stage as a comic. But this but is I but this know, is mm-hmm. this is you going. Uh, this is what makes me the most comfortable, <laughs> and when I package myself this way. I am better suited to deliver comedy. I wouldn't. I won't deny that. I won't that, deny that. That's yeah. how everybody should approach that's, it. Yeah, your job I think is that's to everybody. Give the really. optimal performance. And I'll say to your point earlier about people saying you repeat jokes. Mm-hmm. My contention is that you should. Your job, when you're being paid, is to give these people your best the portion best of time. Yeah. And if the jokes you've done and rehearsed and know are going to work are going to work, why would you not give them to the people? I respect your opinion and I respect your opinion. And I thank you for validating what I said earlier. But honestly, I'm going to I'm going to name drop at this point. I literally sat in a in a room with Dave Chappelle and he literally said to me, have you been on television? And I was like, absolutely not. And he was like, has any of your stuff been televised? And I said, absolutely not. And he said, I know comics that have worked on jokes for decades. Yeah. For 10 10 and 15 years. And he said, as long as your stuff hasn't been televised and you haven't found some type of new innovative way to present it, he said, you can do that joke for as long as you want to. You, joke writing is uh, art and it's a, there's a science to it and if you try to act like you can just come off with these really great jokes uh, just quickly and all of a sudden it's going to be a tough comedy career for you yeah one of the one of the craziest anecdotes I ever got was the best comics and this is a comedian I trust one, the, the best comics that are working today you've never heard of they are the guys that have been running the same hour for 40 years, mm-hmm. and they just work that Appalachian dinner theater, tra- like that, that, that whole vacation mm-hmm. alleyway up and down the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. They've been working the same dinner clubs for 40 years, but they are so polished, and those jokes are so killer, you've never heard their names. Yeah. But they headline every single club up and down that East Coast. And I don't doubt it. And I don't doubt it. And then the funny thing is, did y'all feel creative during quarantine? Because I no. sure as hell didn't. Surprisingly, I, I was. Because, uh, like, I'm. This I'm, motherfucker. No. I'm, don't I'm make a, eye contact, Ben. Don't even look at me. But I'm a nerd. <laughs> ben, I'm a nerd. That's Here. the thing, though. Like, <laughs> me me in the notepad, dude. Like, I wrote, I wrote so much during quarantine. 
I wrote one fucking joke and it's my COVID murder joke. And I literally love that goddamn joke, but that was the first time I feel like I had thought of something in months. Well, like, <laughs> between all of the Jesse Payton gigs out there for Republicans. But you never stopped working. Like, I yeah. had a month and a half. That yeah. first month and a half where poker was shut down and Jesse wasn't booking. All I did was literally, I'd wake up in the morning. Are you a I, professional poker player? I, I deal poker. I used to play poker professionally. I wouldn't say I do it anymore. Oh, I love this. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. You learn. You be learning so much about. I that. am. You little ben fabulous is, little for son people of a who bitch. are listening. Ben is an. We're gonna break him at some point during this podcast. Well, at some uh, point we're gonna have an episode about me. I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've ben, one ben is one of the most one. interesting people that you'll ever meet. He's but like we'll the get to that. Dulcet keys of uh, fucking comedy. Go <laughs> yeah, <ahead. laughs> I, I've Comedy's had a lot of life experiences. Man. Just. As a byproduct of not really ever wanting to have real jobs and doing a lot of drugs, you end up in a lot of weird places doing weird shit. But That's some of the best stories. Yeah, I've been in, <laughs> I've been in poker since two thousand two. Nice. It's That's twenty years I've got you got, you got a book coming that's like fear and loathing in the poker room. Well let's say I've I've been in that industry so long, I'm like a dinosaur in that industry. Like I go in any <laughs> club in Houston and people like recognize me and shit and <gasps> come up to me. It's weird. I'm oh. more known in that world than I am in this world. And they start to cross each other in weird ways. Like, I've seen poker people who knew Jesse's comedy from seven years ago who have found out, like... Oh, and, and you were a surprise yeah, to them. Who are yeah. like, oh, you do it too. And now I've got, like, a bunch of people who've, like, been World Series Player of the Year, like, World Poker Tour champions who, like, randomly follow my shit and career because of, I know somebody who knows somebody, and now there's back interest, that like... That knows somebody. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's been a weird fucking ride to get here. Like, uh, yeah. Speaking of gambling, guys... <laughs> she just literally <laughs> looked at her, oh my god. <laughs> I say this every mind. episode, there's one moment where I regret not doing this show as a video show. I, yeah, that yeah. was it right there. I'm not gonna lie to y'all i don't know what is going on with me right now but i have really great luck especially first time great luck so i'll tell you what happened this past weekend me and my boo went to lake charles a bitch won some money like i won money i would no i went to go to nugget and i had to claim (laughs) shit i had to claim it on my taxes holy shit you hit over 5k no you only had to uh hit over uh 1200 but uh. I did hit, and a bitch had to. I was like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I had to sign paperwork, bro. That first time feel nice, don't it? It do. But this is the thing. I played Texas Hold'em for the first time. I didn't even have to bluff. Bitch was just getting hands. I will tell you. I'm just, all <laughs> I'm saying is. I'll tell you something for real. Okay, go ahead. I've mentored and taught three women how to play poker in my 20 years. And they all make in the order of over six figures a year. Women have such a natural advantage at the table, it's not even funny. Because we have to lie all the time, Ben. No, (laughs) it's not that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Greg. You don't have to lie for men not to understand you. Mm. Men don't understand you any better at a poker table than we do off of it. That's the facts. shit y'all do doesn't make sense. It's not trackable. Okay, wait. You at first, readable. I was on agreeing with you, but now, <laughs> I mean, we're about to fight. You're yeah. not rational creatures, <laughs> especially when you're hungry. What is happening right now? <laughs> I feel this started positive and it went real. I negative. know. All of a sudden, Ben's like, "Let me tell you about psychology really quick." Let me tell you about let these me hoes. <laughs> 
Jersey in my hoes. Wait, wait, hold on. I thought we were on the same playing field. Shit, I learned at Southern. No, I, I, I promise you, I love that. Is like my sister was even making fun of me today because she was just like, I didn't know that that was in you. I really love gambling, but I, I in a in a controlled way. Like yeah. I did the slots. And I had a certain amount of money I was going to put into it, and that was it. And if I didn't win with that money, I wasn't going to be like, no, I got to get it. I got to get my fix. So I'm not crazy with it. I don't like anything having control over me. So I really would not have a habit. Like, I don't think I – I'm with the exception of heroin and meth, I probably won't ever get addicted to drugs. I don't like something like that having control over me. Yeah. I've always had that type of personality. and That's why only, I've never been a drinker. and That's why it's like – I, I don't like feeling I'm out of control. If someone told me right now, they were like, well, you need to stop drinking, I would do it because I literally would never want this to be why I'm living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't mind letting somebody else drive for a bit. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, if a well, heroin I mean, addiction wants to take that, 20 uh, years at the oh. wheel, it can knock itself out. A bro. bit like, is a bit, but I don't. I, I know I would never try. I've, all, I've tried most drugs, but I've never tried heroin or uh, meth because I heard that it's immediately addictive. And um, I not do, for me. I do deal with depression. Meth so, wasn't addictive so. at all for me. Meth. It, meth didn't like. I the, heard the, that the it thing was about, pretty addictive. It depends on how your brain chemistry is wired. Myself personally, I'm a very lazy creature, almost mm-hmm. sloth-like. <laughs> and any drug that makes you want to clean your bathroom for three days doesn't really hold much appeal for me. So after mm-hmm. I took it the first time, and I'm like, that's what that shit was. Like I did shit and was energetic and was moving around. Like, Fuck that shit. Give me more heroin. You do seem low like, key. You I'm, do seem low key. I'm as low energy as a person can possibly be. I've mm. watched the same show on television for four days before because I don't want to get up and look for the remote. Like I'm, it's just, it's a master chef. It's fine. Whatever. Like on yeah. a marathon. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always on bottom when we have sex. Like, that's just. <laughs> you, oh, that's a lazy ass <laughs> motherfucker right there. That's fucked up. That's not oh actually true. God. I just thought it'd be funny to say. That I just, is. Like, yeah, terrible. I just like the idea. Look of at like, my face. I have to try really hard in bed. Like, I don't have the looks to be lazy that's in bed. That's I up. think it's hilarious Ben getting to a bedroom and just like laying on his back and just going, well. <laughs> no, you gotta be cool. Here's with the it. dick. You just Let's be like, go. do your thing, girl. <laughs> that's fucked up you know how much thigh burning is happening with us on top and you get that awkward squeak clap noise between the bed springs and the ass cheek that's no, making us a little sympathy but you know what's like, fucking <laughs> funny I had a lesbian tell me when she had a strap on she was like I would never want to fucking be a dude she was like girl my my pelvic bone is sore from thrusting with a, a, she had a strap on <laughs> yeah, on, and she yeah. was fucking her girlfriend, and she was like, "This, I'm in pain right now." And I was like, "I literally, my it don't face feel was, great. I was like, my face was like, oh shit, like what happened, girl? And she was like, "You gotta fuck them up with, with your hips." Like she was like, "You yeah. gotta move it." You can't and, fuck with back problems if you would do yeah. it. Yeah, you got that sciatica working. Like you ain't the way I tried to explain it. Because uh, I have, I've, I've tried to do this as a bit on stage, but the way I tried to explain it is like, look, have you ever tried to hold a plank 
while trying to solve a Rubik's Cube that doesn't want to explain to you how it wants to be solved. That's exactly uh, what it is. Because you like, fuck. And then your core is fucking working. Yeah, you like, like, your fuck, core, like, you start fuck. to get the shakes because, like, it's like, okay, I'm, I, this, I'm, my, my abs ain't that strong, okay? This I'm self-conscious, been... <laughs> too. Like, I don't want to, like, put my weight on you if I'm yes, on top. Yes, exactly. So I'm, like, on my elbows, like, military yeah. press trying yeah. to fuck. Like, that's, that's not... That's why I go, a lot of y'all, this is TMI, but, like, I've there's been times where I've seen Kenji's on. I'm like, God damn, you worked out? And I'm like, no, this is because he's on top. Yeah. And he has to fucking hold himself because I'm lazy. So he yeah. he, he harnesses himself on top like this. <laughs> and his, fucking, his arms are fucking ripped. And I'm like, damn, I'm sorry, Man. boo. But it ain't going to change because I'm like, no <laughs> Yeah, kid, yeah. Uh, if that's the workout plan, Kenji, congratulations. I get so annoyed. At, Bro, how, uh, in, at how look, in shape I that dude is. Okay, can I, just, can I just one, two, three, for real, right quick? Look at your fucking arms right now, and then look at the rest of your body. Y'all's arms are like fucking ripped as dudes. I'm <laughs> even kind of me, I can't lie. I'm not trying to be. Okay, I'm just saying, I, I've, if you look at most dudes, they arms are pretty ripped. If they're getting laid, they arms are like, what's, what's up, bro? Like, if all dudes' arms are fucked up. That's why niggas be skipping leg day and they be looking like a tooth. They, they look like a tooth because they, they skip the leg day. And because they're like, I got to hold myself up when I'm fucking her. Is that not? Am I lying? It's also partly because sometimes they want you to hold them up while you fucking them, and you got to do this arm curl like that's what, yeah. Now you, now you engage your biceps. Now you got the core engaged. The, now, we're not like. asking for leg work. We asking for <laughs> arms with y'all because the because it scientifically it's actually been proven women have stronger lower bodies, obviously because of pregnancy we have to have good birth, but like. We have uh, stronger lower bodies, and men have always been very stat- statuesque in their arms. And I think it's because y'all holding yourselves up while y'all fucking. Because yeah. <laughs> y'all are trying not to put all y'all's weight on this. All, and y'all all are, the time. Y'all would, are, all the time. I would rather have to deal with the arms and the stand on top shift than have to deal with these fucking new age girls that want to be like, spit on me, choke me, slap me, beat me like it's long order. Of all, like, fuck that shit, dude. First of all, let's stop at the spit. What the fuck no, is wrong? No, no, bro. In either direction, I'm like, nah, it's gonna be a no for me. No. In my mouth, bro. No. Oh no. my spit god. It, there's no place I want you to spit on me. No. I, I mean, mean you if can, you need lubricate, fine. You can spit, spit on, on my dick. Yeah, that. But, but you're not spitting in my mouth, bro. No. Oh my god, no, bro. No, no. If no. someone has a joke, I forgot who it was. They said the same cells that make up our vagina make up our lips. And I was like, I still don't want your spit in my fucking mouth, bro. No, I don't no. know why. For some reason, a loogie going into my fucking mouth, I, I, it actually would turn me off. I'd be like, I don't even want to fuck anymore. No. Oh my god. That'd be horrible. Like, it's horrible. It ruined the whole ass moment. Like some it of the shit people try to do. Like, On the cooch, yes, go. <laughs> <laughs> like make a sound. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mouth. Oh my god! <laughs> Ew. I I I won't mind because it's fun when you get a little dirty. You like oh, you went you let me get that pussy wet. You know like, but not in my mouth. Oh my god! You, you got me fucked up. We should call this episode "Not in My Mouth." Not in my mouth. That is actually a great name. That should be a great <laughs> name. 
<laughs> not in my mouth. They just won't call it Corliss. Just call it not in my mouth. <laughs> Please call it not in my mouth. I don't even want my name on it. Just say. Not in my mouth. Oh, okay, please, yes, Jesus yes. Christ! Oh my God, that'd oh be awesome. God. Not in my mouth, bro. Come on, <laughs> episode twenty-six. Not in my mouth. Yeah, not in my mouth. Like it's, you, it's so appropriate. You and Kenji. Now this episode has to have a big finish. You and Kenji together is. I love the fact that y'all remain so. Even when you're in the room together, y'all are so independent. Y'all but, break the rule. Y'all, the rule yeah. Is, there should only be one funny person in any comedy couple. Yeah, like Will's, Will's rule is like only one headshot in the household and everything else. But y'all are both stars. Y'all are both so killer at, at, at this comedy game. You're, you're, everything about y'all is amazing as, as independence. Now, when y'all get side by side and those comments start going back together and y'all are having y'all's own dialogue to overhear some of that sometimes, <laughs> that's some of the funniest shit. And it's like no one is aware of what's going on. That's the reason why I brought the both of y'all on stage <laughs> to run color commentary during that game at the speakeasy. <laughs> and so here's here's what happened. Here's what happened. So I'm I'm the host, and this is a burlesque show. And one of the one of the girls on the show had this idea that she was going to have a game because we were running out of games to play. So she had this idea for a game called uh, Zoo Queenie. Where you'd have three people come up, and the whole idea is you got to put a condom on a zucchini with your mouth. Now, I don't know. We did like the, the rules are made up. We don't even know what we're gonna do. But I was like, okay, well, the general rules are you know time, presentation, how entertaining you are at, and everything else. And so, and you and Kenji are at the back of the stage, and Kenji, I think he said he's like, this is about to be a mess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I turn to the crowd and I give a countdown. And I was like, three, two, one. And these are the two sounds I heard, or the, the three sounds I heard back to back to back. I, I, I heard behind me something go, gork. I heard the entire audience go, oh. And then Kenji just goes, that's the most disrespectful shit. <laughs> and I turned around, and uh, one of the contestants, she's just holding the zucchini out, presenting it. On. And this thing is eight inches down. And flawless victory. She flawless be- victory. She beasted at home. Yeah. yeah. But th- those three things in sequence, the gork, oh, it's the most disrespectful shit. <laughs> Kenji. Okay, this is the funny thing. So this is why me and Kenji work as comics. A number one, we don't compete with each other. Even now, we're about to have a competition where we're competing against each other. But we don't compete against each other in that way. So we're always kind of like, it's a learning moment. How did you fuck up? Maybe I fucked up, whatever, whatever. It's always humbling times when we are are even in a remotely competitive moment. The second thing is we always dare to critique each other. After I get off the stage, Kendra will go, you didn't, you didn't do that part and they didn't get it. Or you were talking too fast and they didn't get it. And I respect his opinion because I know that I'm not perfect and I know that I'm flawed when I go and perform sometimes. And he will give me an honest depiction of what happened on stage. And I have been crying before when I did not do well. And he goes, it's not that serious. This is what happened. You need to do this. You need to do this. 
I'm very I'm an introverted extrovert mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so what that means is I go out and I'm extroverted but when I'm inside the house I'm very quiet into yeah. my thoughts and he understands when I need to regroup but he also knows that I will sit in the house if I can I'll be a recluse and he'll go Corliss you have three performances this weekend and you have not gone to one open mic to practice he was like, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just telling you, you know you're going to be upset if you don't feel like you've hit with those rooms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll go, you're right. I will. So I think we respect each other. I respect him no matter how many years he's been in it. He respects me no matter how many years I've been in it because we know we're not going to be yes people to each other. We're going to be honest about what we're seeing visually, what we're experiencing with each other uh, as comics, and opportunities. And he he always gets me back in line, and that's what I love about him. He's always kind of like, "You're not doing enough. You didn't you didn't even write today. You didn't even do this." And it's not judgmental. It's just like you want progress to happen, but you're doing nothing to cause the progress. It's it's the right kind of support. It's 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 the right kind of support, especially when you're passionate about it. I don't get offended. I go. Even if I do get offended, let's be honest. If even if I'm in the wrong space, I get offended. Something ain't right. I go. After a while, I go. Oh, he's right. He's right. I I could easily flake out on going to Darwin's. I could easily flake out on signing up for Reds. But is that going to make me better? Absolutely not. And th- this is an interesting thing too with uh, with comedy couples. And, and I apologize. Hopefully, this isn't getting too too deep into into you know your no. business or how you feel um i think it is at least my perspective i appreciate that i don't think the comedy scene sees either one of you in the other one's shadow mm. um and i, I certainly two don't comics that have happened to date more than a comedy couple mm. Y'all don't like y'all aren't like a package booking. Y'all aren't like one holding up the other. Mm. It's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all aren't any of the things that normally annoy people about comedy comedy. <laughs> y'all aren't yeah, like exactly. draped, <laughs> y'all aren't draped over each other in public mm-hmm. all the time. Y'all aren't public and dramatic and shit. Y'all are cool people with a single or double. Yeah, yeah making yeah. everybody a part of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> don't fucking book him, Ben, because he fucking sucks today. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. bullshit. <laughs> Like, oh, you want me to do a guest spot on your show? You also got to give him 10 yeah. minutes because you know he my ride type shit. Well, like, actually, yeah. to be honest with you, it was just funny. One time I had to cancel on somebody, and they were like, oh, that's fucked up. And I was like, but I got somebody for you. Yeah. Kenji is ready to go. Right. And they were like, oh, thank you, Corliss. I'll tell you. And it's, so, it's always nice when you can make somebody do your fucking show that you were supposed to do and they're not a bad comic so you're like you're giving them a pretty decent like replacement that's yeah i'll admit i did you dirty one time and you never called me out on it but it went exactly how i hoped it went what happened they gave me a 150 dollar budget to put together this show in texas city and i wanted both of you Okay. But I couldn't afford both of you. <laughs> so I just booked Kenji and hoped you'd show up with him in one or two times. <laughs> and she's showing up, walks in the door like, with him. Like, I'm over there like a, a girlfriend, like, oh, yay. He's I'm like, like, hey. Quote, the other person didn't show up. Can you do it? And I see certain moments, too. The other person too. wasn't booked. <laughs> no. I, 
ain't gonna lie i don't i actually really to be honest with you 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 do need to know your worth to some degree but i've never had and i mean knock on wood i haven't burned one bridge with anybody i don't think in houston and i really love all the houston comics i've met yeah i admire that about you I really haven't. I I've promise I have. <laughs> I, I know some of y'all have, and I've visually seen it. I'm like, oh, that's never gonna get back with that. But anyways, I enjoy those moments of messiness. But honestly, I literally am like, if there was ever an opportunity where I got something and wanted to do something, I don't feel like I wouldn't be one person that is a good comic here that I wouldn't recommend. And 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 with saying that is sometimes I do kind of act like an asshole. Like I remember Antonio Aguilar was like, "Of course, can you do? I need you to do twenty minutes for two dollars." And I was like, "Well, that's not that wasn't a real in my pri- backyard. That wasn't no, but that wasn't a real price. But ultimately, I'm being silly. But he said that, and I was like, "No, I only do this for this." But I I was gonna do the twenty minutes. Because ain't nobody trying to throw y'all over the coals about a little Tink Tink show that you put together Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you kind of got, you had to really advertise for and get 40 people to show up. I'm not going to act like you have MTV budget money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be a douchebag about it. Now, if I know, I I did a show for Neiman Marcus in the Galleria. Yeah, I did make them pay. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that to Chad, and I'm not going to do that to Ben, and I'm not going to do that to Aguilar, because I'm like, you guys are just trying to make shows. I'm well, not- even then, like, when I booked you for the speakeasy, it was always, it, and this is the thing, this is kind of the reason why I'm not doing it anymore, is it's the stress of, I don't want to commit to asking Especially a comic I admire, or even a, a friend, because mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, regardless if you've been in my house, it's like I, if you called in the middle of the night, I'm gonna come pick you up. Like, hey, mm-hmm. Chad, I need a ride. I'm gonna come get Corliss. Um, but thank you. I don't. I'm not <laughs> ever going. Literally, comedians are the only people that get through my do not disturb. Mm. Like, mm. <laughs> work don't get through my do not disturb. Mm. Um, but I, I feel so terrible trying like uh, like asking like hey can you come do this show without knowing exactly how much I'm going to be able to pay you and I like the situation where I can give you more than what I've already committed to and the stress of booking that show because there is overhead on that show there's lights and sound that we can't do without that I know it costs this much money and if I've booked you know what was the last show it was, it was both you and Kenji I was like, I think I, I think I already told you what the commit was. Like, you're committed to ten minutes. I think I told y'all how much uh, I was already going to pay you. Um, but then I'm like, that's on the books. And committing to booking y'all, I'm like, I gotta move these tickets. Like, I, I, I saw your booking as however many tickets it was. I was like, okay, you, them coming on the show is worth four tickets. So I gotta get these four tickets out the door. Mm-hmm. Me committing to lights and sounds. So with, with the package of you, with the package of the performers, with the package of lights and sounds, it's like, look, if we don't make 28 tickets sold, we can't have a show. Well, this is the thing. I'm going to go back to what I said. I'm not looking at y'all like a Fortune 500 company. I know I've worked for those types of companies. Yeah. I've worked for the equivalent, I'm going to say, McKinsey's and Anadarko's and BP's. I know they have money. 
Mm-hmm. I know that you guys are just making a show and you're doing the best yeah. you can. And 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 this is the other reason why and I might lose a lot of people on this, but Brian Gendron has always been somebody that I respected because honestly, I've never had a problem with his pay. He's never disrespected me with his pay. And I know when I was in New York and when I was in LA, I had people tell me, I'll give you ten dollars. For this many minutes. And I was just taking it because of the opportunity. Yeah. But I've never been disrespected by any of y'all with that. And I also know that this is just like y'all show. You're just trying to get a show off the ground. Sure. I'm not trying to make you go to the bank to pay me for that show. Now, guess what? If your ass start being on fucking Comedy Central <laughs> and fucking Revolt and, and, and all those other wonderful outlets, and I'm like, hey, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when I'm going to start being like, hey, you know, don't play me. Yeah. But, like, we in Houston But me, still. But me just me and I mean, my, my own ethics, I have literally... No, it's the, the shows I produce, like, I have skipped paying myself to make sure comics get paid. stuff that doesn't matter to most of us i think i've never turned down a gig because of the money offered just because we see the lack of money here the only time i've ever turned it down is when i'm complete it's like i think it was a 14 hour ride yeah long distance is different i'm saying in town like Uh, anything in houston my apartment like this today i was literally like i would be a fucking asshole if i didn't go five minutes from my apartment <laughs> to do a fucking podcast. Like, that's a douchebag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Red Ears is ten minutes away. Secret Group is less than five. Like, I li- like those, all those places that y'all book around here, I am literally in the perfect location where I can get to anybody's spot. And I'm not. Close, yeah, bro. I you, just moved to I-10 and Bunker Hill. Like, you were in Katy. I was in Katy. I wasn't coming it. out for shit. It was I'm 45 minutes for anything. Yeah. yeah, I'm in Tomball. Anytime that I come into town for less than $25, it's at a loss. Well, yeah, that's true. But especially with them gas prices. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I take an L every time I go to the secret group because I refuse to park my car over there. Like, I will drive here an Uber from Loden's house to Secret because yeah. it's cheaper. Yeah. And just I take a little $8 that. Uber each way because they're not getting one of my car windows. I get that. Just, mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. too many people. I would feel right. too stupid. Yeah. So many I've comics have it. had that happen yeah. to them. I would feel dumb if I added myself I've to the it. list because Me we've had Kenji all the warning. Ubering. We yeah. started Ubering yeah. and I'm literally, I think, less than five blocks up from the yeah. Secret group. It's just not worth it's it not. to do it any other way. No, 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 they, no. And I'm coming down anyway, but it's like that's that's I got to plan a day around coming in, coming to Ruds or coming to Secret Group. It's mm-hmm. like I mean, if it's, it's at rush hour, it's an hour drive. I mean, I quit open marking a year and a half ago, and I haven't looked back. I oh no, I, oh, but I'm, I'm, kind, I'm kind of the same just because of the it's, amount of time it takes. Here's the thing. It's very, very short fragments of sets. So I can't mm. work out anything really long or great unless you maybe get on 10-minute mic at Secret Group mm. to do for six people, six disinterested people. Mm. Like, I the 10-minute mic is quality, though. It it's is good. Is it, I had a good one with that one. When you find one of those diamonds, you definitely sacrifice to go. Yeah. And that's what... Um, yeah, I feel like my first four or five years of comedy was me just like... I'm, I'm here. I'm just sitting here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 they do uh, they do lottery in L.A. So yeah. they 
they'll draw your name now in the beginning they used to do it nice where they would draw your name and then like they would draw all 20 people that were going up mm-hmm. so then you didn't have to stay because you could trip and follow her open mic yeah but um they started being like kind of a little bit sadistic with it it started kind of being like oh we're gonna draw this person and then we're gonna draw on deck and then this person's in the hole and i was like oh this is evil yeah because you're don't com- do that. you're competing with celebrities I know it sounds like I'm trying to like name drop, but I'm really not. Like you seriously are like in a room. Oh shit, you're right. You're seriously in this room, and anybody can show up. Damon Wayans can show up. Kevin Hart can show up. Sarah Silverman can show up. Like, and you're literally like they gotta practice the joke too. Yeah. And then you're getting bumped, and you can't be like, what the fuck, Sarah Silverman? <laughs> you know, like, like, how dare you yeah like so you just have to you have to eat that shit and i would sit in rooms for two and three hours waiting to go up and i knew i i literally got smart because you know if everybody always didn't want to sign up first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i got i started getting smart i started being like i'm number two number three number four because i knew that was meaning i was gonna be number eight number yeah. ten because these people would these celebrities would show up and they they practice. That's what I love. Like I've always had like an academic approach to comedy, sometimes to my detriment. But those nights where a, a bunch of people come in and you just see like it's Bump City, it's Bump City, it's Bump City. Yeah. It's like my first year, Ashton was around, uh, uh, Matt Broussard was around. Um, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing. Uh, Chase DeRusso was around. The sweetest guy, the sweetest guy. Um, like my first time at the improv, uh, he was hosting uh, the open mic, and I walked up and I was like, "I've never done the open mic at the improv. You know, how does this work?" And he's like, "Oh, dude, come with me. Dude, gave me a whole tour of the improv, and like spent he spent time, like more time than anybody really should need to spend time with anybody. But like really kind of gave me like a grasp a grasp on like how the whole thing was gonna go, and was picking my brain about comedy and asked me questions, everything. Like the sweetest guy, but." Those situations where you do get bumped for, because you'd always get bumped for like Chase, you know, Broussard, Ashton would come in, uh, but the comics that you get bumped for, I think it's a, I think it's a bad thing that comics don't sit around, like, especially like brand new comics, they don't sit around and watch them. But I, yes, and nights, no. I know it doesn't apply to you, Ben. But no, it's okay. I'm not saying for me. <laughs> I'm saying the. Re- I think it's also good in a way that young comics don't watch a lot of other comics. Because Why? it forces you to figure out the lessons yourself. Instead of learning things. Me picking up a trick that Matthew Broussard's already learned on stage and applying it doesn't sink as well as I made this mistake on stage and had to learn how to fix it myself. Like, if you watch people, you become a little bit derivative of them. I don't think so at all. Even if it only but it changes depends on the what way kind you of comic think you for are. that night about jokes if he does a really killer abortion joke and that sparks your brain tree and later on you get a joke that's three levels away because of what came in the input you put in your brain affects the output i'm gonna i'm actually gonna uh, mediate this debate and say i think it's a little bit of both um and i'm gonna take it to a serious note but i'm gonna bring it back (laughs) Uh, we should let you host this because that's exactly how that should go ben and i always hug after these debates i'll be honest (laughs) with you 
when I watched the Butler and then I watched civil uh, rights movements in 1964, I felt like, oh, we needed both types of black people. We needed proactive black people. They were in the streets pounding the pavement saying, we need rights, we need rights. And then we also needed black people that were very reformed and kind of like uh, regal to some degree and new etiquette and all these things and said, hey, we can assimilate ourselves in this type of society just as much as you can. It's, you need to have both examples. You need to be humbled by fucking eating shit one day, but then you also need to see a pro at its best. Because yeah. I'll be honest with you, I ate shit and saw a pro in the same night, and I learned a fucking lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had crushing. No, no. Like, it's not like I just, I just divine these lessons from watching other comics, and I never fail. I have the, the level of failures I have had. I've literally could I couldn't go home. Yeah. I was like, I I don't want to be in my home space. I don't deserve to go home after this level of bomb. And I've literally just drove around the airport for four hours. Well, no, like, but, but check this out. I ate shit, and then I had in my mind I came up with why. Oh, this crowd fucking sucks. And then, <laughs> and then, like, a comic after me, the this seasoned comic went up. I think her name was Laura Silver uh, Silverstein or something like that. And she literally rocked this crowd, this yeah. same crowd that would not accept my jokes. And I was like, oh, it's me. Yeah. That's, I said that, that's that's the type of humbling I'm talking about. Yeah, those are the lessons, and that's that to 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 Ben's point. Like I, I get where he's coming from, but I've those are the lessons when I was hosting Jive that I really wanted comics to see because you get like a year one comic and they get off stage at Jive and be like, oh, this audience isn't shit, and I'm like, hold on, and I was like, I, I would hold Adam Murphy in reserve for that purpose, and. I was like, wait a second. And you had like two comics, three comics go up and just be like, this audience is suck. This audience is bullshit. I hate this audience. This whole room is shit. I was like, Adam, you ready to go up? And Adam would just blow the roof off the yeah. fucking place. And I'm like, see? like, It's not the audience. Yeah. And, so, and, if, and a woman told me, a woman comic told me that one time because, you know, all women want to be like, oh, I, I was too naked and that's why they didn't like me and then this, that, and the other. And she was like, you still need to work on your jokes, girl. Yeah. Isn't like, that the story? Like, the, I think the, the, that's, you don't that's the story behind Bernie Mac's I'm not afraid of y'all. That that set. I ain't afraid of you, motherfuckers. I ain't afraid of you, motherfuckers. So, oh, Everybody bombed that night. Martin Lawrence got booed off stage. No. So, okay, so Fat Tuesday documentary on yeah, the phenomenal, Amazon. Phenomenal. They did the reason what happened that night. So basically what happened is uh, Bernie Mac was up next, but the guy that went before him got booed, and they had to add a sound laugh track to a lot of his set uh, for Diff Comedy Jam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so basically Bernie Mac, this is what put him on the Mac. He was like, Oh, I'm not about to die. I'm not to. I'm not about to kamikaze myself into the fire. So he literally went up to Kid Capri, that was the DJ, and he said, "When I do this, you do this." Yeah. And that was his thing. He was like, "This is where I'm at right now." Because they were they were literally not accepting most comics that went up that night. And he got on stage and he was like, "I ain't afraid of you, motherfucker." Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And that was his whole his mantra ever after every joke he would say that, and it fucking won the entire audience over. And that's when everybody was like, "This motherfucker is crazy. He's <laughs> he's not afraid." And it was probably one of my favorite stories about a comic that was like, "I'm not going to accept defeat. I'm going to find a way to conquer y'all." Yeah. And that's really the point of us being on stage is to conquer, even if it's not everybody. It's the majority. Even if oh, yeah. they're not a fan, they're going to become a fan. And that's what yeah. he did that night. And that shit was crazy to me. Because yeah. I've seen the Diff Comedy Jam tape. Because I have Diff Comedy Jam uh, in my collection. And I saw that episode. I had no idea that the guy that went before him bombed. Yeah. Had no idea. Looked at the Fat Tuesday documentary. And they were like, Bernie Mac went in there and killed the room. And that's how he put his name on the map. And that was crazy to me. I loved it. I loved every moment of yeah, it. Yeah, that documentary is well worth it. It's so good. Well worth it. It's it's a good watch. Shout out to Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my boy Tyler Garcia for letting me use his Prime account for five years. I know, right? Man, that fucking Prime account is solid gold. Uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, Tyler Garcia for his Prime account, his Hulu account, his <laughs> Disney Plus account, and his HBO Go account. Also stars, I think. I got a lot of hookups. Tyler, my boy. Anytime you're at Lake Jackson and need your computers fixed, hit up Tyler Garcia. (laughs) Damn, for real. That's what's up. Bro, everything but my Netflix comes from this dude who's a fan. My Netflix comes from a girl I had sex with at Texas A&M 20 years ago. Nice. Who gave me her Netflix password and literally only texts me when she changes it. Oh, that's what's Have you ever up. fucked somebody so good they give you a streaming service for a couple decades, bro? I put that shit down. That's sweet. She got a husband See, that's, now. That's, 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 why, that's why Ben's kind. got the arms. That's why Ben's got the arms. She got no, a husband but now. But that's the fucked up part is that on the fucking profile It's the profiles. Page, it's it her, ben, her it husband, ben ben on there. me. And I want to know who the fuck she tells her husband I am. <laughs> that's my cousin. <laughs> Like, I want to know so bad what she tells him. Do white people have cousins? Y'all don't yes. say cousins. My whole family's cousins. Have I you ever seen Alabama? That's their wives. I know, but this is the thing. <laughs> Y'all don't ever say it with, like, how black people say it. Like, I'm like, oh, that's my cousin. I don't never hear a white person say that. Well, Y'all that's because, like, when we say that's our cousin, it's biologically related. When y'all say that's my cousin, it's just somebody you might have known an hour. No, that is... <laughs> that is Slightly true. I was about to say, argue with me. I come from Lamarck. Like, argue with me and tell me that everybody y'all say is y'all cousin, really y'all cousin. That is only slightly true, Ben. Uh, You have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) No, uh, I ain't gonna lie. We do be like, I'm my cousin, my cousin. We be like, nigga, everybody is not your cousin. Um... I just don't, I feel like my sister, my sister's husband is Italian, and he, I never heard him say my cousin. He and, it, and then later we'll be like, oh, who is that? And he'll be like, oh, that's my uncle's son. And I'll be like, I don't have enough time to explain that. Cousin, <laughs> just say cousin. I mean, Italian family structures are weird and different and involve killing a lot of people usually. So. But this is the crazy thing. I feel like Italian white people are the closest to the black culture ever because y'all were the first ones. Our Italian culture was the first people that I found out actually had a living room you couldn't walk in, and that's the same thing that black people do. That is true. Ah, uh, my grandma. Oh, uh, we don't have any Italian in our background, but my grandma would never let us in the living room. 
Yes. Plastic on the furniture, but green this, couch type. Y'all, this is how we can solve racism. <laughs> 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 that we all had a room that we weren't Guys, allowed to go into. Did y'all have a room where your mom would cuss you out if you messed up the vacuum lines yeah. on the carpet? Yeah. That's how you know we all are living the same life, bro. Do y'all... Okay, let me ask y'all this. <laughs> do, do white people... Uh, have like plastic plates stacked up, and you dig like five or f- uh, six plastic plates down and grab the one in the center. Y'all got a sauce feel- drawer too. What's that? Put little packets of sauce from fast food places. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We all. This is how we're gonna solve racism. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth, and nobody okay, else is gonna girl. admit this, but I'm three edibles in, so fuck it. Okay, let's go. We're never gonna solve racism. Because racism works out pretty well for white guys, and there's more of us. Mm, you we know, don't want to go onto the losing side. Can, can I tell you who told me this shit? And it was a slap in the face, but I was like, you right, bitch. Uh, uh, Carrie Burt's wife, Michelle, yeah. me and her were talking about homelessness, and she said what her country had did to get all the homeless people off the street. They basically got everybody a house. Mm-hmm. And and so I was like, why can't America do something like that? That's crazy to me that we can't come together. And she said, you know why y'all won't ever do that? Because y'all don't all look alike. And it fucking it stabbed me in my heart when she said it because I knew immediately she was right. We will never come together as a, a society because the the different even though we are beautiful country of of different mixed races and cultures we don't feel empathetic to people that don't look like us 100% everybody can't win everybody and then that's the thing they're like i don't feel bad for you cuz you don't look like me and i'm i don't think that i would ever be in the situation you're in and that's sad because it's not true but that's the what we've been condi- conditioned mentally to think like and and she said that she said my country is all white folks. Yeah. And she said so we see another white person on the street and we go that could be me. America doesn't look at that like that. And there's such a selfish mentality towards it because there's no such thing as an action without consequence. Like mm-hmm. I'll tell you, some of the things that get most undersupported to me are minority shows in Houston. Mm. Like you have off-white diversity in comedy, not gonna get white comics to give a shit about it because they know they're never gonna get booked at it, so they don't treat it like the other shows. It's if you close somebody out of an arena, they're gonna stop caring about that arena mm. because there's no advantage to their own little clique or group. It's why like the dudes running Leon's over there, are like fuck everybody else, we're booking our friends over at Leon's because y'all didn't book us over on your shows. It's us versus them mentality, whichever us you happen to be associated with. Like, it, it reminds me of people being competitive while we're driving in our cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to the same destination, but for some reason, I can't get in front of you in traffic because you just are like, if you get in front of me, that means you won. And it's such a stupid, petty way to think of it because it's we aren't competing for the same thing we're not even going in the same direction we're probably not even going to the same location and we can't get past the fact that we're competing to each other like crabs in a bucket we're Mm going to pull each other out and down before we ever say oh stop and honestly i'm I'm not trying to make this 360 guys i was late today 
this shit was supposed to start at seven thirty, <laughs> and I was arguing with my boss because that him he himself had a petty mentality about my existence in the company. My sister owns the garden and she owns Bar Twenty Two Hundred. And instead of him thinking of me as an asset and someone that's trying to make these places better, make them more organized, he felt like I was an opponent or somebody that he had to compete with for likes and and favorites. And it was like, no, I don't give a fuck about that shit. I just want to make this place better. And if if you look bad, then we all look bad. And if you look good, we all look good. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And I just didn't think he got that. And that's what distracted me today. And it, it really bothers me that that happens a lot with just people in general. I'm not going to make it a black or white thing, anything like that. It's just like we literally think we're competing to where I, I, I it doesn't mean I'm not funny because Stacey won the Laugh Town competition. Oh, yeah. She just won the Laugh Town competition because yeah. she deserved to win it that that moment. For that time and place in that audience. That time and place in the audience. Hers. It doesn't make Ben not funny. It doesn't make Chad not funny. I, somebody can laugh at you and laugh at me too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's I think that that's the, that's the way I go through comedy and the culture of comedy and my career with comedy. But I don't think a lot of times we do that. I feel like I get to be a little different. Because I don't feel like I'm competing for the same crowds y'all are competing for with my material. Like, the people who are attracted to me are a different kind of weird. I'm not getting the common fan person. Like, I'm getting the ex-junkie crowds. I'm getting the AA crowds. Like, to but follow see, me. But that's the thing. But I think you're cutting you yourself short. You don't know that you are cutting yourself short. Because me and you did that show together out in that crowd. They laughed at your ass hard. And they laughed at me hard. Well, and what I mean by okay, that go is ahead. like... I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm phrasing it poorly. But it's like, if there's a clean comedy contest, like, I can just be happy and watch my friends compete. Because that's not the arena I'm trying to play in. Like, the nicer corporate gigs, the cruise ships, like, that's not where I'm trying to be. So, like, all of y'all fighting for that space, I get to just be friends with y'all and be out of those But check this areas. out. But check this out. You're saying corporate stuff... I feel like you would you would smash at uh, a fucking off of Wall Street. It's just not something I aim to be. It's not you don't have to aim to it. Sometimes you realize that the crowd that you're pulling in is somebody that was just unsuspecting. You just didn't even realize it, and that's the that's the point I'm trying to make. You never know who's going to be somebody that's you touch because of your your perspective, and. And really, to be honest with you, I feel like if you perform in front of these conservative Wall Street businesses <laughs> and then and you perform in front of them, guess what they would be like? Oh, shit, this dude is feeling the same way I'm. That's why I was making being silly earlier when I said we can solve racism tonight. Sometimes I think we act like we're too different. And really, we're not that different. Like, yeah, culturally, we might have different things that we were presented Maybe you don't know about soul food because that was something that was presented to slaves. And black people had to make food out of scraps. That's how soul food was made. At the end of the day, we all got that nana that'll kind of tell us to our face, go, you gain weight. (laughs) And you'll be like, oh, shit, I wasn't ready to hear that today. We all got that uncle that did drugs, but he was cool as fuck. And you were sad to find out that he was a drug addict. I have that 
in my fucking family. And I love my Uncle Doug, but he was a drug addict. And for years, I thought his name was Uncle Duck, but I just thought it was But anyway, my whole point is, is that we all have those uncles and aunts that kind of were like, oh, she, she was a hoe, and he was a drug addict, and he did, and, and my, my dad abandoned us for a couple of years, and then he came back, and my mom kind of did this. And it's just like, everybody, everybody except we're so different, and it really, we're not, because honestly i've heard my white friends my asian friends my indian friends my native american friends i've heard so many people tell me stories where i'm like that shit happened to me and the crowds that i try to attract are mixed cultured i don't just try to attract black people or, or or white people that lived in suburbia i try to attract anybody that's like that shit happened to me and there's nothing wrong with that no like, I've never, diversity in the people I attract has always been kind of you interesting to me. Cool. Yeah, this is like Most sh- people, like, either get me or they don't. The only crowds I have problems with are old Christian white women. And that's them being fake. It's the thing. It's like, if you're one of those, oh, you shouldn't joke about that because it's dirty people, me and you are never going to click. We're those not. are the only people that carve out. Like, if you'll let me go where I'm trying to go and give me a shot to get there, we're probably going to be okay. I'll tell you what happened. One of my homegirls was like, oh, this girl do this joke. I'm not going to say nothing specifically. She was like, she does this joke and it always makes me uncomfortable. And I said, can I tell you something? She's doing that joke because it made her uncomfortable. Comedy comes from darkness. And whether you're a dry-humored, very stern-faced comic, or you're a person that's just matter-of-fact, you literally are getting that from something that you kind of didn't understand and you feared, or you had a moment that you were like, oh, this is, this is not, I'm not comfortable. All of my jokes come from discomfort. Every last one of them. Yeah. From the beginning to the end. Uh, Holes are winning, uh, uh, Pornhub, <laughs> all this bullshit that I talk about. I was uncomfortable when I, first, uh, when I first experienced it. When I first saw the porn racism that I call out, I was like, damn, they do not respect black women. That's an interesting point. I'm like mentally going through my set right now. Like, I don't think I ever realized that about myself. But All yeah, comedy like, comes I'm from darkness. Joke, yes, joke, yeah. Was I yeah. uncomfortable? Yeah, like, God damn, All you're com- right. All comedy comes from Fuck. darkness. The, that is our defense mechanism. Yeah. When we're getting on stage, that's our therapy. Mm-hmm. That's why I was telling you, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say too much. But when I was like, you should come out. Nobody about, listens to this. Say whatever. Well, want. I'm just saying you should come out about your talent that you had when you were younger, and you were in in the situation you were in because of the fact that that's therapy. The, when I go on stage and I release I my jokes, it. No, and you coming out. Like, oh wait, he's not gay. He's not gay. He's not gay. It's something else. He's he not. A, You've seen his arms. He 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 he's got to hold himself a, up. He has a talent and something else. I was else. in a he's black marching a, band in high school. Is where she's going. Uh, for the my bad. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say what I choose saying it, but well, I did say sound like it didn't sound like he was homosexual. He is not coming out the closet. He like is a he is a trumpet player for a black HBCU. <laughs> Probably, I can't even. 
sorry. I was trying to finagle it to where it didn't sound. It just sounded so good. I know. I saw the look on Ben's face. He's like, I can't let this stand. I can't. Like, <laughs> you painted me into a corner, Mr. Lord. That was my that was my fat, my way of making him tell everybody he was in a black marching band. <laughs> I'm just sitting here looking at the chessboard, knocking over my king. Like, all right, check like, All right, here we go. Here we what go. What the fuck? Am I, I, so, I swear that's there's not, a picture that on the internet of me point. and cornrows too. If you're listening out there, people. <laughs> that wasn't my out. point. But yeah, I I I, I do. Uh, all comedy comes from darkness. And we just are those people in society that make a joke to make ourselves get past it. And um, and then that's when whenever whenever people get offended in the audience, I'm like, you don't you're not really understanding what a comic is to me. Because if you're retorting back to someone, you're like, that's not true. It's like, girl, you're not you don't understand what comedy is. I'm trying to get past this like you trying to get past it. And th- can I say something that held up? Yeah. So today I heard a commercial, and I'm not talking shit about people with AIDS and HIV. <laughs> That's the best walk-in point. <laughs> so Will walks in. So basically, I'm not talking shit about people with AIDS or HIV. So basically, there was Go this commercial on. that came on, and this guy, you know, had all these different people. They're like, I. I've been living with my HIV for five years and I'm feeling great and I'm living life. And they were just talking about how they've been coping with their HIV. And I literally was thinking about a Chris Rock, I think it was Bigger and Blacker, but he got on a Bigger and Blacker and he was like, one day we're going to be like, oh, I couldn't go meet y'all because my HIV was acting <laughs> up today. And I was like, God damn, we are here. <laughs> That's, I mean, I can't come out this weekend. I got a touch of the heavy. Yeah, I got, I got my my A's was acting up today. It started raining. You know, like that was okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I, I I couldn't make it to the barbecue because you know I had a monkeypox flare up and uh, I got it. Yeah. That's what it was. Ladies and gentlemen, well loaded. <laughs> That's what that shit was. And I laughed. I, me and Kendra were in the living room laughing so hard because I was like, nigga, we are at the point where HIV is acting up today. I like that you feel bad about coming late to our podcast and we fucking film at location at Loden's house oh, and he show up an hour hey, 30. Will. Uh, how you doing, Miss Corliss? I'm very well, my dear. Good. good you know, we good. have another side of table and microphone. Oh, <laughs> we already set it up. Well, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are welcome to leave in the Chad's personal space as much as you want to. He seemed like he was enjoying the human touch, but... Oh, man. I forgot what we were talking about. But you were and- about to... You, I, I don't know. I just, AIDS. Well, I, I guess. <laughs> or we can talk mad shit AIDS. about people. All right, well, so. the biggest part that I was trying to point I was trying to make is sometimes I think we all had a little moment with quarantine, especially where we feel like, oh, my shit was non-essential. And maybe it isn't directly, but honestly, I do feel like comedy is a very essential part of life. It's one of the things that's sustained through the recession. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the Great Depression in, in the 1940s, it's, it's just something that's necessary. Because if you can't laugh at the darkness, you will fall. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree with all of that. I, uh, and I'm that's new- our time. Thanks, Will. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Will, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Will underscore Logan on Instagram.com. Uh, you can find all of my dates on gunsandliquor.com. And uh, we're not this is coming at out. All. I know. We're literally going to do this we're again. Do the, this we've still got like another 20 minutes. I just want to be like, screw that. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I will plug every time. Yeah. No, because my fallback over COVID, because I saved up right before it, and then I I moved. I moved back to Houston, and I was like, "Look, all right. So if comedy doesn't work out, at least I can. There's always restaurants. I'll always be able to work at restaurants. And then people always eating. Yeah, but then like right when right when COVID hit, they were like, "Fuck you, fuck your chicken tenders," and and it was like it got it got weird for a little while. So that's why that's why I pivoted into construction. Uh, but back to your AIDS point. Hey, what's up? I just walked in at like 1030 at night. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I want to steal the mic for a second because I have a lot of things. That I just The conversation it. was at a really positive point. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Ben and marching band. We yeah, talked yeah. about <laughs> gay. Uh, <laughs> it's such a good, I had such a good time with that one. That's so fun. I, uh, we've covered all of the we, basics. Where can they find you, Chad? Uh, Instagram at Third Coast Chad. That is three R D Coast Chad. Loading you've had your plug already. I've already had my plugs. Yeah. Four Cordless. times. Yeah. Where can they find you online? Oh my gosh, please find me on Instagram at Corliss Delorean. Um, I do have some shows coming up this week. Um, I'm at <laughs> I'm at Phil and Derek Friday and Saturday at eight o'clock hosting. Nope. This isn't coming out for another two weeks. Do you yeah, have actually about a, a month. Oh, Where are you gonna be in October? <laughs> Tell yeah. us your October. October. <laughs> Uh, I might be in Shreveport looking at Kenji go after the prize. Oh yeah, the prize again. money from yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch. How you get <laughs> how you get picked twice in a year? I mean yeah. like the same like yeah. what the fuck, yeah. bro? I couldn't even deal with it. I was like, Kenji, uh, what the why why are your jokes being received better than anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I literally I didn't even say congratulations to him for like a whole day and then I was like oh shit I've been talking about sh- shit about you all day congratulations for being picked at Prize Fest in Shreveport yeah. I feel so bad because I did not say I was I didn't go oh baby you got it I was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> they literally said it too on the thing they were like he's gotten chosen twice in, in, in his past two years and I was like this nigga I was like Kenji what the and then I felt validated too because Jeff Joe said the fucking same thing. He was like, nigga, what videos are you submitting? Because they're picking your ass every time. Yeah. And I was like, chocolate, I don't like you right now. Oh, do you remember Do you remember that one night where we got hammered and we came up with his 80s alternate character, Pookie Chocolate? Oh, that's actually what I call him. I call him Oh, you Pookie actually call him Pookie that's Chocolate? That's what I call that's him Pookie Chocolate. In, 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 in. Call Pookie him. Chocolate, 1980s, uh, 18. 18- 80s comedy. His Pookie. name was Turbo, but we didn't yeah. call him Pookie Chocolate. Uh, yeah. Pookie Chocolate's you get closing to the bit. Good shit in hour three. Pookie Chocolate's <laughs> closing bit was about roaches. Uh, <laughs> Pookie Chocolate is the most annoying motherfucker in history, <laughs> and he's competing again at the Shreveport Prize Fest. Uh, uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in October. So, with that being said, follow me on Instagram at Corliss Deloren. And you can also follow me on Facebook as well. Uh, ben, where can we find you? On Instagram at Very Dark Comedy. 
buy everyone. <laughs> At PookieChocolate.com. Oh, my God. You guys are ridiculous.